Good morning, uh, everyone, and welcome to a, another edition of the Men's Mental Health Show. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Bodie Marzen, who I'll introduce in just a moment. And just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors here on uh, the Men's Mental Health Show. That's Mounties Group, uh, Noel Pope, the Greater Lawson Community, and uh, my good mate Craig Beachy from All Manufacturing Personnel Proprietary Limited Recruitment and Labour Hire Company, specialising in staffing solutions to the manufacturing industry. Well, it's uh, it's just the two of us today, uh, Bodie and I, yep. and it's going to be a really good opportunity for us to perhaps just check in each and talk about a couple of things that are happening. Of course, this you know, when I'm going to go into the uh, the political side of things, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, and um, yeah. So first of all, good morning, Bodes. How are you, mate? Yeah, look, I'm uh, pretty well. I had a good night's sleep. Um, I've been quite physical. Um, Yesterday, yesterday, in terms of uh, working on the house, I've been doing uh, sanding, painting, filling, um, you know, all that sort of physical stuff, up and down ladders. And at 72, um, yeah, it's a great workout. So by mm. the time I hit, hit the sack, um, it, um, there was no sound after I said goodnight. It's gone. <laughs> and it, but it's been, you know, you had COVID two or three weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah. It'd be pretty tough sort of recovering from that to where your physical... I guess strength or limit has been. I guess you've had that reduced. Absolutely, and um, you know anybody out there, whatever precautions you're taking to keep COVID free, keep it going because um, it's got a bit of a sting in the tail, uh, particularly for us if, if you're a little older. So mm. it does reduce your energy. You've got a persistent cough. Um, you get brain fog. Um, you know that the sort of um, residuals after the uh, fever has passed. Um, and you do notice that you've uh, slowed down um, and you're not fully back in terms of your energy. So um, keep COVID free uh, if at all possible. Mm. So, yeah, there is a lingering. It is kind of a precursor or a reminder of, um, you know, when, you, when your energies do slow down mm. as, you, as you get older. Um, it's a sort of a, a taster, if you like, of what it is to be diminished that you had, don't have your customary source of energy to draw upon. Mm. So, yeah. what's the does that bring up a, a level of anxiety in itself for you? Or uh, of well, I mean, inevitably, one thinks about um, uh, getting older. One thinks about you know um, uh, the possibility of a major illness. One thinks about um, you know what what is it to die? Uh, what is it to come to the, the end of one's life? And that's always um, invites a lot of anxiety about the dying time, um, of course. And we're very good um, at keeping that idea of our death way in the background. Yeah. Um, and we don't really um, want to bring it up into the foreground because it feels distressing and, all, and uh, the usual sort of anxieties about dying. Um, and we all go through it. I mean, this is the great paradox, isn't it? Is that none of us are exempt from the burden of dying or the reality of dying. So um, to me, this is, you know, if we're talking about mental health, this is one of the great gremlins. This is one of the sort of uh, um, things that are hidden from view um, and we don't have many conversations about approaching dying um, or our anxiety about death. But um, the, the truth is um, it's ever-present. Mm. And the, the more that we can have conversations about um, uh, death and the reality of death, approaching death, what, what it means to die, does, what does it mean to die well, what does it mean to die in terror or a great, a great, or to die alone, you know, these things are real considerations. Um, and I, I'm always keen to have more and more conversations about that, particularly for older people who are, you know, in the in the twilight years, if you like, of of their living, and they want to um, accept that this is the next stage for them, that you know, their dying time, and it is a powerful initiation, it is a powerful transition. And I think it's worth talking about. I think it's worth um, uh, engaging with someone like myself as a therapist to actually um, open to the dying time in a way that um, allows more insight, if you like, and, and attend to who is it that you want to say farewell to, who is it that you want to reach out and you know, make an apology for maybe, who, who is it um, that um, feels 
um, very close to you and would like to share some powerful, meaningful time? You know, these are these are the great questions of dying, and I think that we've somehow rather captured dying um, uh, mostly in hospitals or as a result of disease management. We we've sort of uh, missed the point of of, of um, and empowering the dying time as a incredible ritual and an incredible um, um, experience for all of us to go through and for families to attend to. Mm, mm. Um, and you know, many families have come to me and said, you know, we we sat with our dying mum, and all my siblings sat, and we 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 shared the work of attending to mum and moistening her lips and all that sort of stuff. And we had conversations, and mums had conversations with each one of us, um, and it, or it could be dad too, that um, because there are some dads who have done the dying time very well, mm. and they all say, what a beautiful experience I would not have missed it um, you know and it's pulled us siblings together and we're profoundly grateful um, you know for the for our parent who has um, allowed us to be present in their dying time mm. yeah allowed us to be present well, yeah. in their dying time Be- beautiful beautiful yeah. Yeah, it oh. is it is is that when you say it, it's an opportunity for somebody to come and see someone like yourself as a therapist what uh, Here's a, a, a different question. <laughs> Spillo's always coming up for the other. What, what would be the average age, say, of, of people that would come and see you, for example? And I'll come back to where we're talking about here. Well, I mean, um, the, I guess... Uh, You're getting all ages, I'd imagine. I'm from, getting all from, ages, from uh, but if I was to average it out, I'd probably say... Um, you know, mid forties, um, right. sort of nudging on fifty. Um, midlife crisis people like myself. <laughs> I, th- I think what's interesting is that we call it a midlife crisis, and to an extent, um, do we dim- do we inadvertently uh, diminish um, the experience of transitioning or, or of opening up a dialogue of relevance? Um, by describing it as a midlife crisis. What I think it is, I'd rather use the idea um, of a midlife opportunity to review the life I have been living up to this point mm. and what else is possible. It's very optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's very po- and so with, in your therapy, coming back to what we were talking about mm. with death, mm. um, does it come up often, the, the topic... Or, no, because it's one of those things that we want to avoid. I mean, yeah. I, do, I do supervise um, uh, su- uh, volunteers who uh, provide uh, companionship um, for mm. people who are dying. You know, a person, a family rings up and um, the service um, and says, uh, we would like a, um, a palliative care volunteer to sit with um, um, a relative, a relative yeah. you know, yeah. who, who, who's got six months to go. That's the um, uh, diagnosis uh, because of a cancer or, or some other related illness. And, um, you know, it's a chance where um, surprising conversations happen that might not ordinarily happening happen if it's a parent with their children around that they don't really want to bring up certain things that are troubling um, to overburden their children but with a volunteer who has a sense of neutrality um, and is a part of the family that those different conversations can occur mm. so but look it's it's you know death anxiety uh, happens for all of us um, I'm sure if I'm going to have a major illness or a cancer diagnosis, mm. I'm going to be flooded with terror about dying. You know what I mean? That, uh, mm. that, that, that's the nature of the beast. Mm. And then I've got to sit in my terror and anxiety and um, come to terms of something. Yeah. Um, and, and, th- and that's true for all of us. You know, these people who say, look, I, I'm not scared of dying but but I, I don't I don't want it to be I don't want to be around when it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's it's jokey and it's humour, mm-hmm. but really they're also saying um, I don't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know about it. Um, uh, um, and um, I think we're obliged if if, we, if we're going to do dying well as we do birth, we're doing birth better than we ever have um, in terms in terms of um, um, the care that we provide birthing mothers. Um, pregnant mothers, you know, all, all the antenatal checks and all that sort of stuff that goes on. And the success around birth, around childbirth as well. You yes, know, uh, really. yes, absolutely. I mean, it's the mortality rare, rates are, yeah. are far less than they've ever been. So absolutely. we've got better and better at it. 
But I don't think. But, but I, th- I think we've got to turn our gaze on on um, on dying. It 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 comes up sometimes in dreams. You know, people bring a dream yes. where, in which yeah, they you die. Talk about the yeah. dreams often. Yeah, yeah I yeah. talk about dreams, and that's kind of an opportunity to then to rehearse or to have a go at talking about. You know, um, so what was happening in the dream for you? What did it feel like for you to actually observe yeah. yourself as as having ceased um, uh, life? Mm. You, you know that yeah. uh, that you've died. Um, so, um, but we're surrounded by dying around around us all the time. Um, in terms of plant life, um, that's mm. dying. Uh, in terms of other people that we know of, mm. uh, um, are dying. In terms of the news, we're flooded by mm. uh, of death mm. statistics. Mm. Um, with the recent the, um, Ukraine thing, you know, yeah. we know that death is pal- mm. palpable in the air. So, so we're surrounded by dying all, um, all the time. Things change, relationships end. They're all deaths of some sort. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Um, yeah. But our own mortality um, uh, um, is, is something... Um, uh, and, and I love it if a person says, I want to talk about my dying. And I've, I've been privy to... Um, people who have engaged me to assist them in their journey. So one one guy um, had motor neurone disease, and, and um, you know that's a really challenging uh, uh, disease. And um, speech articulation, um, you know, was progressively sort of being being robbed. Um, um, I had to strain to to hear and to understand something of what he's saying. Um, but it was a fantastically rewarding experience to um, help him come to terms with his dying time mm. and to complete the tasks that he was really keen to complete. For him, it was writing, finishing the book that he'd written on a sexual abuse history um, oh, wow. um, in his life that had, been, had left very deep marks. Um, so that was one of the one of the completion tasks uh, that he was on about. Um, w- at two days before he died, we had our last session, and um, he he came from the Salvation Army. He was a Salvation Army, um, and th- and they love music. They uh, mm. and he was a great singer. Mm. Um, oh, and right. it, and he's and part it, of the choir, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. absolutely. And I, and he was also um, a, a musician. Anyway, I sung to him, I sung to him a Māori song, um, and I said, this song is about farewelling you and knowing that your spirit will continue in the other world that we of the living aren't privy to. What made you think of doing that, the Māori song? I guess Um, the the way that they accept death? Because I knew that music for him was important. Yeah. And um, and I knew that he was also a religious man, and I also knew that um, he was he was a very clever man. He was a very very intelligent, perceptive person. And oh, yeah. um, and I sung to him, and you know, I'll wow. never to my dying day will forget the intensity in his eyes as he listened to the Maori words, um, and he listened to because uh, uh, I, I sung strong, you know. What I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I sung with an energy. Um, and um, yeah, he just blazed in this light of sort of kind wow. of acceptance of this, wow. almost like a benediction or or a, um, a sacramental thing of of of, of offering him the song. Um, and you know, his family, they they were so grateful for the the work I did in his. Uh, it was about ten sessions over ten weeks, um, and as he came to the end. Yeah. Um, uh, they called me the wizard, you know. The, um, <laughs> well, you know, I call yeah. you the wizard. <laughs> I think there you go. Um, yeah. But um, the funniest guy I sat with, uh, you know, was alongside him the night that he died, um, lying alongside him. And the last thing he said to me, he, he cracked a joke. He was an accountant. He said, well, he said, where I'm going, I don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> or count taxes yeah 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 count that. taxes I fell, I fell about laughing and I was thinking to myself that's great isn't like it? I, I shouldn't be doing this I should be full of seriousness but yeah, you know but the, um, he, he was a funny man and a well read man um, isn't it amazing you know that yeah. you know in his, his time of ending he's Absolutely. to come up with yeah he blew me away uh, he, to, to um, humour you not so much himself it's you know yeah, yeah. 
Maybe that was his nature, that yeah. he was always attending to others. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he rang me up one day and he said, um, Bodie, bring over your diary because I, I want to make a date for the day I die. And I, and I, and I went, oh. Uh, no. Oh, no. Mm. I, I, what? I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't get my head around. It was just too absurd that, you could, that, that, that what he was saying. And it brought death powerfully into focus for me. I didn't want him to die, obviously, because, you know, he's such an interesting man. Um, um, and, and there I was, uh, you know, pulling out the diary. And the day that he chose was um, the second day of spring because there was a pear tree um, that had flowered for 40 years outside his house and that he'd got such consolation and pleasure from this flowering pear tree wow. in, in the springtime that that's, that's the day that he sat and thought, and sure as hell, it, that's the day blossomed. that he died. Yeah. It blossomed, and then, and then he died. And he um, died. So, uh, wow. You know, th these are things that never leave you. Um, yeah. and, that, and that's why I think death is such a fascinating thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah. But the other thing that's really interesting for me is how much, as human beings, we kill off we're killers. We yeah. kill off connection. Yeah. We um, hold grudges. We hold grudges. We do we all that. we wait, want to reconnect. We yeah. wait. If it's not my problem, that's they started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. These all, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Or we kill off our own potential or, or, yeah. um, or, or we um, keep stepping back into our um, uh, missing the mark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, sinning again and again and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so that's interesting for me is that um, we, um, we're active agents in our own life-denying um, mm. decisions that we mm. take. Mm. Mm. So that's, that, that, that to me is part of the sort of kind of part of death and dying. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you know, there's an old saying, um, uh, we're going to die to parts of ourselves every day. And we've got to know what that is. Yeah. What is it that we have to let go? What, do we have, what, is, what is it that we have to shed yeah. um, that has become maladaptive? It's no longer v uh, valid in, yeah. the way of the, in the transaction of living. Mm. Yeah? So, so uh, thank you. With all of this wisdom and experience of, of going forth and visiting these people in palliative care and sp speaking to them about the ending of their death and, and, and then seeing these people go. I mean, it must be, I can't imagine for a moment how, how hard that would be to shut off at night anyway. But from all of that, what are a couple of key things that I guess you've learned that you could say to people that all these people have said, you know, regrets, uh, is there? Um, I think we touched on one of them. Maybe I might be wrong about... Uh, 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 Unburdening uh, um, truths of, 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 of within families of, of grudges. Of what are some of the things that I guess all of these people may have had in common that you could pass on to people to say most of these? Because uh, as you say, a lot, we don't want to talk about death, mm. and I'd, I'd, I've never met anybody that has done what you've done. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so I ask you that: mm -hmm. is that a reasonable thing to ask? Um, I'm not. Quite clear on the question. So you're asking me what what is what is said at the at the dying time, or, or, or what, what? What is a common link link with with these people that you know have said they wish they would have done yes. before this moment, or or leading up to their death? You know, it's that kind of um, uh, death brings a clarity uh, mm. uh, and, uh, of one's life, and it's an opportunity for a review. Mm. And, uh, and um, you know, there's that old idea that when, de when death flashes before your eyes, um, um, there's a remarkable concentration of thinking power in the brain mm. um, that assesses something. And this is what, what happens also, um, you know, at, at, at the end stage of life. Wow. So everybody knows that they can't go back, mm. but what they can comment on, um, if you like, is what the regrets of existence. Yes. Um, um, the choices that they have, that they made, that they regret, or wonder, what if I had not gone on that path, but gone into another path? You know, so that so they're, so so they're setting um, yeah. immersion back in their history, and I think sometimes um, all of us have to um, look at the point of my existence, mm. um, the relevance of my existence, mm. but also to be able to do that. 
um, with an attitude of letting go. Because mm. that's the other profound reality is that it's letting go. If you're a Buddhist, um, maybe the exercise um, is that you're giving yourself a pep talk prior mm. to your death mm. so that when you rebirth opportunity, um, um, mm. you're more equipped or, or, or you've got a bit of a charge going on that might assist you in, in having a different type of experience, mm. um, that your consciousness is more substantial or you invest more greatly um, in... Um, yeah. I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking um, as I was driving up here um, on the show, you know, thinking about mental health and thinking about self-help. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who are depressed, um, you know, will go to a doctor and the doctor will actually, um, you know, think about medication. That's the immediate sort of kind of uh, response. Um, and and, and uh, most GPs, are you know, their time is limited. So they can't conduct an hour-long session with a client. So they... They've got to try and be be relevant, you know, or make appropriate referrals and, and all that sort of stuff. So GPs do great work in that regard. Um, but, but always there's that idea of uh, or maybe medication will help. But the fact is, um, mm. Mm. I would say um, engage with a therapist um, mm. if, you, if you've got a depression issue and really give it a best shot. Go there five days a week. Mm. Make five appointments a week for a month. Mm. In that time, you should be, if the person's right for you, you should be a lot clearer mm. about um, what you need to do to actually sort of you know, move out of this depression phase yeah. um, in, into a life phase. Mm. And the thing that's so interesting, isn't it, in, in the end, is that um, um, powerful concentrations of input do make profound shifts. Mm. Mm. I know a, another therapist. Um, <laughs> Say that again. I beg your pardon. Powerful concentrations of powerful concentrations of immersion in one's issue um, uh, raises the temperature inside you and in the container yeah. between you and the therapist, yeah. and the real questions mm. and the real insights and the real yearnings will come out in that ripening in that intense heat, mm. and you will find yourself. Mm. Mm. So that you can get back into life again. Yeah. But yeah. Um, another therapist told me once. He said, "Oh, yeah, I was seeing a therapist once a week. I didn't make any shifts until I was in twice a week, because because wow. the, the energy got hotter, um, and, and I got more real." He said. Yeah. I, he said he got more real. Yeah, yeah. And and I think um, you know these intense concentrations of energy, um, in order to actually achieve a shift. Mm. Um, is um, you know is a marvelous gift to yourself. Mm. Mm. So I, I, mm. I'm I'm kind of really, you know, what's really really funny um, in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the US. They um, medication um, SSRIs, uh, selective uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the idea of it is that um, uh, serotonin is depleted um, in the brain. Yeah. That's causing de depression. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is um, give you a drug that um, stops the um, natural loss of your serotonin. Mm. So yeah. this is... This is or help rebuild it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, 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 it's a reuptake inhibitor. So I think right, what it does right, yeah. is it stops the sort of cycle of replenishment and that right. sort of stuff. So artificially maintains a level. Right. Um, now, in Asia um, and in South America, um, they prescribe a medication that reduces the serotonin in order to get over your depression. Mm. So, what, so, what, so what's going on here? Mm. I mean, it's an absurdity. One set of countries is actually um, keeping the levels up. Yeah. Another yeah, yeah, set yeah, yeah, of countries yeah, yeah. in the world are actually reducing the levels and, in order and, to uh, actually... Yeah, and, and, and some countries at the moment are, are, are giving and using psychedelics. To, okay. To, to, which, of course, will reduce the serotonin. And then at, at, at last, it gives them a, a lengthy period of, you know... Yeah. Of happier times. Yes. Isn't that strange? So, yeah. so at some level, um, you know, our kind of belief in um, medications... Mm. Uh, that may change in the future. We mm. may get some, mm. some um, you know, very clever um, compositions of medication in 100 mm. years' time that does genuinely make mm. sort of... But mm. the current um, uh, love affair with medication um, is overstated. Oh, I think so as well. Yeah. I, I, look, yeah. I've noticed a difference in the last 
eight years myself, uh, particularly with doctors, as far as prescribing or letting things go. Now, I've had two GPs in yep. that time, which I see quite regularly, obviously, with you know my physical uh, injuries and everything else. Um, and I have noticed it. I have noticed the change. I ha I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, the pain clinic, for example, uh, is getting everybody away from uh, opiates wow. and, and getting people into f to doing mindfulness. Oh, okay, well, so they, they yeah. believe the success that comes with mindfulness can help retrain the mind into yes. able to be dealing with long, chronic, acute sets of pain. So, There's, what's marvelous, isn't it? It, it, is, it, yeah. it? is our assumptions, and if we cling to our assumptions, we can never get to the essence of something. And this mm. is a, a phenomenological sort of kind of approach. Mm. You've got to examine what are your uh, assumptions. I hop in the car, I'll turn the key. My assumption is that the battery is full, um, that the starter motor will kick, um, and I'll have an engine that's running. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. So everything is based on assumptions. Um, if I see, if I see. Um, 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 a person and they've got a scowl on their face, my immediate um, assumption is something's gone wrong for them or they're just an angry person. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, everything is, is based on assumptions. Now what the brain does is loves assumptions because it eliminates all the essential considerations of what's going on in front of you. Mm. And um, my, we can't be that busy if we didn't have some assumptions to the reality of existence. Mm. Mm. The problem though with that approach is that our assumptions, we take our assumptions to be the real mm. when mm. all it is is, a, is an assumption. Mm. Mm. And if we want to be actually fully alive, mm. we have to sit in the consideration of, of what it is that I'm experiencing right now and bracket or, mm. or put at the back of my mind yeah. my assumptions. Yeah. What am I experiencing right now? Mm. Now that's mindfulness. Mindfulness yeah. is, is, is also really training oneself. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it, you're hundred percent right. Well, I agree with what you're saying. I mm. think I think also too. It's just I think we're too automated. And when I say automated, we we want the quick fix. We want it to yeah. be f straight away. Um, I mean, look for me for, for, for you know the issues surrounding my my neck, for example. I've had issues with my neck for for, for eight years since I had had damaged myself. Mm. And you know, in November, I was starting getting pins and needles yep. in the left yep. and then right, and then the anxiety that built yes. around that mm -hmm. has caused me to have ulcers in my stomach, or ulcers, they're, they're called polyps, that, that have been developing from that, as, as from you know, stress of the anxiety of it all. Now, um, from that is, you know, it, it's, do I go and take monoantic acid, which is really just a, a Band-Aid, it's not mm. gonna fix the problem, or do I start saying to myself, look, let's be grateful for what we've got. The operation's come and gone. I'll get out there and do some walking and just, you know, and, and just in the last two weeks alone, that has improved. Mm -hmm. But you kind of want the quick fix. Just give me something I can take that'll fix this because I'm in pain and I don't want this. Where really, my experience from it is I might take something that's going to fix that, but I'm going to need to keep taking that. Mm -hmm. And then in two years' time, that medication is causing something else. Yes. And now I'm going to need to take that. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I was having an interesting chat on Saturday night with a, with a fellow, um, you know, and he's, he, as strange as he may sound, he, he says, talk about your, your roots, you know, about your food, your eating. Are mm. you eat, are you, where is it that your family, where's your history? It, it's down through your genes. Did they eat vegetables? Did they eat meat? Okay. Did they eat vegetarian? All these types of mm. things. And it's just a different sort of perspective on things as opposed to taking a vitamin supplement because I'm not eating enough of vegetable, whatever. But um, I, I think coming back to what I was saying at the beginning, which is difficult for me sometimes, is, is we're too automated. We're too wanting to do that quick fix. We're in actual fact, we're not really wanting to do the work. I think you're. I think you're hitting it, hitting the mark. We don't. We actually don't want to do the work. Do the we work. want someone to fix us up. Yeah. 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 Um, and what, what's so interesting, um, um, it, you, you know, if you reflect on that, we, somebody else has to actually do the work. Mm. Just how lazy we are. Just how um, uh, shy we are of actually self-investigation, mm. of, of actually taking our journey seriously. Mm. And I think if we were as a species. Willing to take our journey seriously and ask uh, strong philosophic questions about relevance, about the point of existence, about sentience, which is really what the the great religions have have all done. You mm. know, cause, um, mm. have, have raised those questions in order to deepen a person's experience of themselves within life. 
um, but we, we 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 need to do that as mm. um, as a basis for living. Mm. If the, if spirit has breathed into us and give it and giving us life, it's incumbent upon us to live this life well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spirit says another one. Say it again. If spirit is breathing within us, if, if, sorry. If, yeah, if spirit, whatever that is, yeah. uh, the life animating force um, has 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 breathed into us and given us life. Yeah. Um, it's incumbent upon us to live this life as best as we, we can, can. Um, yeah. and as deeply as we can. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> Bodie's located at uh, Wentworth Falls, um, uh, psychotherapist, uh, 0424 416 969, 0424 416 969. He's also with us every week, of course. He's my co-host here on the Men's Mental Health Show, um, which is uh, you can get hold of us uh, through our socials. Uh, on Facebook, Men's Mental, or, or Bradley Spillane, S-P-I-L-L-A-N-E. Um, and we'd, we'd love to hear some questions or if you've got something you wish to share, um, you can always do that by SMSing me on 0404 So when we talk about being automated or, or, or looking at taking the, the shortcuts, when, and I know we speak about this quite often, but let's just talk about it again. When we come and see you as, as someone that's got a, a, an issue with our mm. marriage or mm-hmm. uh, with our job or for, for whatever else, and I, I think I can generalise here by guessing and saying that it's blokes that really want you to do this straight away, isn't it? That thinks, you know, we can do this in a session or two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and it's yeah. Not, it's never really is the case. Look, it, it's it's depends on the individual, some, I guess. Sometimes someone just needs to hear um, uh, something that they've been noodling around in their own mind, but they haven't been able to formulate the words. And you say something, and they say, "That's what I've been actually wanting." Um, and, right. and thank you. I think I've got what I need to yeah. actually get back into existence. So that certainly does happen. But also, um, you know, more nine times out of ten. People will have a, a, a one or two sessions, and then they'll take flight, um, and what what's called flight into health. Oh, I'm okay now. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you. Um, and then a year later, uh, there's a phone call. The plane crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm seriously suicidal. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and, that, yeah. Uh, and that's often what I'm told. I'm seriously right. suicidal. Yeah. I need yeah. to co- I need to come back. Mm. I had a guy. Um, um, you know, he did that with me for ten for ten years. Every, every year, do two, and um, and then um, he'd hit uh, um, the alcohol too hard, um, oh, or yes. his rage would come up, and he'd, pu- he'd punch on too hard and hurt someone, and all, you know, all all that yeah. sort of stuff. But he could only stand two two sessions. Um, and um, and then and then he disappeared. Do you think he was probably afraid of getting too close to himself? Too close to himself, too close to another. Um, and he was also, um, you know, as a man's man, um, he's a John Wayne type. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, for him, his self belief um, is the only thing he's got. Yeah. That's um, what's and keeping so him going. That's it? what's yeah. keeping him going. And mm. and the, and and he wasn't able to let that idea go. Mm. That going to therapy um, um, was a, a, a retrospective step or a retrograde. You know, mm. what I mean, it, it, in a sense, he was betraying his own. I can do this myself. Right. He was right. betraying that idea. I can do this myself. I can work this stuff out. And he was, uh, and he in and he would say sometimes in the session, I don't know why I'm here. I should be able to work this stuff out. You know, what yeah, I mean? so, yeah. and it was really strong and intense. He was he yeah. was enraged that he found himself wow. so vulnerable and so unable to actually sort of make sense of something. So the flight into health was his return mm. to that self-enabling sort of kind of kind of stance. Mm. But mm. W- we um, we are not all self-enablers. We actually exist in community, mm. um, and in and re- we have a relational stance to the world. We're born out of a uh, um, uh, uh, two bodies, con- conventional uh, terms. Mm. Uh, um, two, two people come together, they have sex, um, and there's a fusion um, and mm. an egg, and the sperm present itself at the right time, and there's a conception. Mm. Um, so we don't do this by ourselves. No. Um, our very, very existence comes out of the efforts or the experience mm. of, two, of two others. 
Um, yeah. If you're talking about artificial conception, there's a whole army of technicians who, yeah. are, who are part of the part of the experience. Yeah, the process. Yeah, yeah, part of the process. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so to, to kind of have this dominant idea that you, you've got to sort out your own stuff, and this mm-hmm. is a particularly male um, has been mm-hmm. um, a particularly male t- uh, a struggle or an, mm-hmm. or a conception of being a real man as you, you do yeah. all this yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, undermines that sense of relatedness and this, uh, and um, our sense of community, mm. and I think I think that um, our journey towards extinction is is driven more and more by this idea of of um, I've got to do this myself. What? Thank you. What are some of the practices that we can do as men to make ourselves vulnerable? Join a men's group. Right. Join the men's table. Yeah. Go and see a therapist as an individual. Right. Engage your brothers and sisters in a discussion. Mm. If you're all, uh, you know, uh, middle age uh, siblings, start talking about your family experience. Mm. Meet up once a month uh, over a meal and and talk about what was it like for you growing up. Yeah. What was your experience of dad? What was your experience of mum? What was your experience of uncles and aunties? Mm. Yeah. Um, who made a difference for you? Who did you not understand? Um, who did you struggle with? Um, what about the competition um, in the family among the siblings? Right. Shall we talk about uh, competitive stuff? Uh, um, so it's getting uh, back to your grassroots is a very good way of doing your saying, you know, talk about yeah, the child. Yeah. Talk, uh, your childhood yeah. is so important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the point of words is to equip us to understand something. Mm. That's the point of words. Mm. Um, well, I guess I was... Again, as I was um, in the garden this morning doing a bit of pruning, half an hour in the sun, getting my vitamin D, but also loving my plants, um, the thing that came to my mind was today, let's talk about invitations versus accusations. So if you want to run around your life accusing people of this, that you did this and you did that, and you didn't bring, playing you, the you victim. know. Playing the victim, or, or, blame, yeah, yep. or, or or being the aggressor, being the perpetrator, whatever. Right, right. Um, uh, let's 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 hold a posture of invitation to life and to others that matter to us. How how are you, as darling? A, okay. How are you, darling? Um, right. Or, gee. Um, um, the other day, I said something, and yes, I, I, and I a, walked a, away, and I really felt. Upset with myself. Yes. How? how yes. I, I can't imagine yeah. how bad yeah. it was for you. Um, a beautiful example of an right. invitation. Right. Yeah. So let's let, let's take a and that's um, stepping away from territorial claims. Yeah. Into actually saying you matter to me. Yeah. You really matter to me, mm. and um, I, um, and I want. I, uh, can we? Talk, uh, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, you really matter to me. Yeah. Um, that's invitational that's stance. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's invitational. Yeah. So, so, what would life look like if we all started, um, you know, exploring invitations versus, uh, the, you know, uh, the accusations of of, of existence? Mm. Um, and and I think that that would be truly transformative. Mm. Um, what, what I'm loving is uh, some, somebody was saying to me this morning, um, what's happening in Russia? is that a lot of the recruits um, are um, either wounding themselves so they can be repatriated away from the Ukraine, mm. the Russian soldiers who, who are recruits mm. um, or conscripts, mm. Mm. Um, or they're actually um, uh, choosing to drain the fuel out of the tank so that, so that the tank uh, runs dry mm. um, and there's no fuel supply alone, so they're just sitting there having a conversation among themselves. Mm. They're not fighting. Mm. Young people are, are increasingly um, where, where, our, uh, where our new beginning comes from. And I want to actually do a shout out to young people who may be listening today. Mm, mm. Um, that your willingness to consider another stance of being in this world other than the one you, you have inherited from your mothers and fathers right. and grandfathers and all, all those, that, that's the difference. That's mm. really where the change is. Um, and um, it, I, I, I can't say strongly enough just how important the young people's 
um, ability to step away from the old practices of uh, prior generations mm. and say, how else can we live a life? How else can we think about mm. existence? Mm. Um, that that is the most powerful change mm. agent mm. That, uh, that, that does exist yeah. from generation to generation. Well, and we know how many, gener well, we, we guess it's, it's, it's three or four generations from war that changes. And we've yep. seen what war does to men and women yep. who come back from war. Yep. Uh, and, and now, as opposed to, say, the World War One, World War Two, or any war, Vietnam, especially Vietnam in many ways, um, how we are looking after our returned. How... And what gets me is about the returns is how vocal they are about saying... I, I, I'm, I go to bed crying every night. Yeah. I can't close my eyes without seeing, yeah. the, without seeing death. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have flashbacks driving the car. I can no longer drive. And all of these things that we can learn from, um, but as you say, you know, putting yourself into someone else's position uh, as well, I guess that's, they're doing that in, in, in saying that. But yeah, it, it wars three or four generations, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's awful. Yeah, awful. it is. It is. Just devastating. And, it, um, it is. You know, we, we, our hearts and, 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 and prayers go to, uh, to those in the Ukraine and to the Russian soldiers as well who are, who are just told to be there to, 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 for what they know and, and from all they've, they've been told and educated on is, um, you know, they feel they're doing the right thing. And it's, it's uh, as sad as we think that is. It's, it's not right into throwing hate towards them. It's... Uh, um, yeah. Mm. Well said. Yeah. Maybe we need some music or. Uh, we have a quick quick break. Let's quick break. Yeah. St stick on a tune. Yeah. Um, I might just put on, I might put on a bit of Van Morrison or something, eh? Some crazy love. Speaking of love, that's what we were talking about before the break. It's a men's mental health show. You're uh, joined here today by my co host and uh, good mate, uh, psychotherapist Bodie Marzen, who can be contacted on 0424416969. And my name's Bradley Spillane Spillo. Um, yeah, so we, I guess we're sort of covering who edits our show and does a lot of the work behind the scenes. The lovely Claire um, suggested there's a lot of anxiety that is surrounding what's going on on the back of COVID. Um, I think there's a lot of propaganda as well, but I don't really want to go into that too much unless you wish to. Um, but, and, and, that, uh, and that, of course, creates you know, anxiety, ambiguity, it, uh, all these types of things that I guess we then start to concentrate so much on and forget about the other things which are of most importance, uh, first of all, ourselves. Mm. Mm, yeah. Um, look, I think there is a lot of um, heartache, um, you know, within Australia around the floods, um, that there's a lot of people that yeah. have been absolutely um, dispossessed, if you like, by, by the nature's ravages. Um, and, twice, and, and, and our local people here, Windsor, who have gone yes, through it twice in yes, 12 months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ab um, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's... I can't imagine what it would be like, uh, really, because I've never experienced it, but to, to, to watch the water gradually creeping up your front path and um, over your doorstep and then into the house and then you know meters up the up the wall um, and that sort of uh, sense of obliteration um, and that, that they are long-term marks that, um, and um, that are left behind on people and and I think some would be feeling um, naturally um, alienated and alone and frightened of yeah. the future yeah, so yeah. Um, those communities um, right throughout um, the eastern seaboard, mm. um, you know, uh, are struggling, as, mm. as were the, f the communities were hit by fire, mm. um, have, have been struggling. Um, and we need to have mental health um, teams um, mm. uh, in those areas mm. um, sensitively poised to assist those who need to be able to talk about the experience. Mm. But also... What, you know, need need help. You know, the the reality of um, um, volunteers on the ground assisting cleanups and all that sort of stuff does yeah. make a huge. We 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 can't underestimate um, the impact of having a volunteer arrive and say, mm. "How can I help?" Mm. 
Mm. Um, when you're in the midst of um, being terribly alone and struggling to actually sort of clean up after a flood event or a fire event. So these acts of simple kindness, of community kindness, um, you know, are, are extraordinary testaments to mm. um, the character of, of Australians. And, and I know that um, some of the stuff I've been reading, that the community self-help that has existed um, and has shown up are also the, um, the, the, power, the most powerful stories of those communities. Mm. And, but there is also a need for government um, um, assistance at some level what, to assist the rebuild, if you like, of communities who are flood prone. So either we need to go ahead with flood mitigation um, mm. projects mm. that um, means that the, st- the town's not going to be continually flooded, mm. um, or we relocate these communities yeah. yes. um, on- onto higher ground. Mm. But it's not just a building that's required. It- it's also about building community connection. Mm. And-, mm. and I know that those communities who have been helping each other mm. already have a basis for... Um, existence and coexisting right. and so we just need to bring community development skills into those communities to foster and grow and develop yes. and strategize um, in order to uh, build that community resilience yes. and to be able to manage the the, uh, the the change of environment if a community is going to be built somewhere else yeah. on higher ground. Because yeah. shifting from one space that you're accustomed to that's been there for 100 yeah, uh, yeah, or 200 all years. Their lives, all their family through generations. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, that has to be well managed. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. we, need, we need to um, uh, sit in this in, in a way that's long term rather than short term. Mm. But we, we and, 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 and it's really well said, but, you know, it's the forgotten ones, which is, you know, the, the Lismore community, the, the, the bottom of the food chain. And, and yep. th- these yep. are people with a lot of indigenous families as well, a lot okay. of unemployed. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's just devastating. But, you know, we've been fantastic as Australians. You know, there was that, that last weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before, not the one that's just been. We had that uh, community, the, all the networks got together and did a fundraiser. I think we've got 24 million dollars or something wow. it was um in one night but you know it's it's not just about raising the money it's, it's also two of you know i've got a mate up there who, who's got a a son that's got you know uh non um uh uh verbal autism okay. and, and it's extremely difficult um with young dominic you know and mm. he, his his work has been completely wiped out he, he works at brad's butchery up there okay and there's the three three of them and and all three of the butcher shops from ballina through to to uh lismore have all been wiped out i think uh, wow but yeah so uh, you know we get in touch with sean and his his mum lives here and it's just if you can just do little things like that just making a phone call and and you know offering your support just by listening and um it, it's a it's a massive tool to to listen you know it is a massive tool um uh, to be present to another's reality and to actually take you know actually think about um you know what what can i do you know um um, how can i spend time um with this person um in in some way that's making a difference how can i talk to the government and say we have to change the way that we actually make a response it has to actually have um uh, people on the ground but also um a fair amount of time allocated to actually making changes and mm. and um, restoring communities' ability to self-function. Mm. That doesn't happen overnight. Um, mm. Um, mm. And, I, and I think this cargo cult um, or this cargo idea, where the army comes in and they and the helicopters and they drop the supplies and then and then after a week, um, you know, they they fly off um, and say, well, you know, they're good to go now. Yeah. It's just absurd. Yeah. Um, so we have to take a much longer months of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, months of work of of, of um, um, integrating and assisting, um, and, um, and and community talk um, to to enable um, a reconstruction of lives that have been obliterated by the floods or fire um, or domestic violence. Um, yeah. it, you know, yeah. that's another issue. Families, just it's a recent case where someone's killed off, a male has killed off the family um, yeah. up, in, up in Queensland. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, that that leaves marks on the whole community. Mm. It leaves marks mm. on children. It leaves marks on, um, on mothers. Yeah. Um, and it le- leaves marks on those men 
who um, are generally appalled by the violence that some men actually mm. act on, on their on their on their families. Mm. So mm. it leaves marks on all of us. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the end of, end of the show today. Um, we uh, I want to thank also too. I want to thank thank Anthony Loxley from last week. Anthony was uh, fantastic. It was a, a great show. You can get uh, Anthony's show and all the shows uh, on Men's Mental Health uh, Show dot com. Um, or you can get it on Facebook through Bradley Spillane or through Men's Mental Health Show, um, of course, on Facebook. Or, or, or in, what am I saying? All the podcasts are available through all your podcast platforms, iTunes, Google, um, and, of course, uh, Spotify. Um, but, uh, Bodes, thanks, mate. It's been, a, it's been a bloody good show. We've, we've covered a lot, haven't we? Just we have in, covered in an a hour. Lot. We normally go for an hour and a half, but we thought we'd just, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to an hour today. Um, I'll finish off with a Taoist thought. Yeah. I saw this quote from Shuang Tzu. Um, uh, where can I find a man who has forgotten words? I would like to have a word with him. Where can I find a man who has forgotten words? I would like to have a word with him. <laughs> Noodle your brain around that koan. Um, so many kind of uh, possibilities. Um, there's a tragedy about forgetting words, um, but there's also... I was talking before about um, how might we live a life that's about invitations versus accusations. So if we use words to become accusatory, um, let, let, let's forget that approach uh, to the use of words. Let's sit with words that are invitational, that invite yeah. Yeah. Um, a warming response. Yeah. Yeah? Anyway. Well, coming from the wizard of words, the wizard of words, Bodie Marsden, <laughs> I think that's a really good message that uh, we can finish up on. That's awesome, man. Uh, big thanks to Moundy's group also too, to uh, uh, my good mate Craig Beachy, all manufacturing personnel, proprietary limited recruitment and labour hire company. You can get Craig on 0416700870. Don't forget Bodhi uh, Marzen, who's a psychotherapist here in Wentworth Falls on 0424416969. And uh, you're on uh, 89.1 RBM FM, thanks to the station. We'll be back next week on the Men's Mental Health Show. See you all.